0: Teenager therapy because we have problems
1: too. Hey everyone, welcome back to Teenager Therapy. I'm Gaël, and welcome back to another episode of hashtag Swiping Safely. In this episode, you're going to be hearing from teenagers that have personally used uh, apps like Grinder, Tinder, Bumble, or have experienced some sort of grooming or predatory behavior. And they're both going to be anonymous because we want to protect their privacy and they're also very vulnerable and we want to respect that. So it will be audio only um, and you will not know their names. I'm so sorry. (laughs) You will not know their names, but you will know their ages and their experiences, which I think is more than enough to understand what they're going through. Um, This was a really cool episode and thank you to both individuals for talking to me it was really great. We had, uh, it was such a good experience just being able to hear, um, what they had gone through, what they felt, what they regretted, and what they wish they would have done differently. Um, and they both gave some really great advice on what to do and what not to do. So, without further ado, here's the first person. So now we have an eighteen-year-old from SoCal that is going to be joining us to talk about his experience on Grinder. Um, so. B or like you said, Boba. When did you first start using Grindr?
0: I started using Grindr when I was sixteen years old.
1: Sixteen? Yeah. So you were a junior in high school or were you a senior? I was in my junior year of high school. Wow. Why did you start using it?
0: Um I think I just I was starting to get into trying to figure out more about my sexuality and at the time there wasn't really a safe place to kind of talk about and initiate kind of conversations surrounding sexuality without being kind of targeted or whatnot so um I I was also on a sports team during this time and I knew a lot of my peers would talk about and like reference the app and I felt like curious about like the community and stuff so I was very hesitant and kind of downloaded it but like didn't really like log into it until like I had some courage but initially it was more so like a curiosity of not having been able to find a community so a community that was like readily available was like Grinders. so if Was like like let me see what the, what's like what's the community like and whatnot
1: oh wow so you it was because your sports team talked about it right what sport I played
0: volleyball
1: volleyball and so you you had so that's assuming like you had a, a group of gay friends as well that could relate to you and your experiences
0: yeah it was it's kind of a little bit more than that though because it was kind of interesting because like since they knew what the app was like they were kind of more like oh like you shouldn't do it though but like when you tell like a a kid not to like get get a cookie like of, of course they're gonna like try to get the cookie so like I felt like their like subtle warnings was more like a more more satiation for me to like get the app even more to like, oh, like, what's so bad about this? Like, it's just an app. Mm -hmm.
1: So the more that they talked about not getting it, the more it made you want to get on it and see why they were even saying that in the first place. Exactly. Dang. And so... When you got the app, you said that you were mainly on there to find others like you and stuff like that was before this had you ever had a boyfriend or you know had a chance to explore your sexuality?
0: No, um, I still haven't had a boyfriend, so <laughs> lucky that the app hasn't okay. got me anything that way but um before this, I think the only like views of sexuality was through like porn and also like movies like social media so just like the viewing of what sexuality looked like but in a very kind of commercialized and um almost like non-reality so very faux artificial and I felt like my view of that was very masked by this like Production quality and what's like sexuality and like gay could look like, LGBT communities could look like. So trying to find some more like actual real life communities was a way that I kind of thought I could seek it out through the app.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's interesting you mentioned that you still don't have a boyfriend, which is pretty common. I mean, I think a majority of queer teens don't really get a boyfriend until very late in their lives um when you were younger and like you know throughout your high school years specifically was getting a boyfriend the big priority for you
0: um I felt like it was more it wasn't more so like a priority but it was more like having someone to relate with to share your own connection with and be able to like balance off so like I would get close and you would go through like the talking stage where like you could have someone to like talk about your day with and have like this support quality with, but it was like, it never got past that. So I felt like getting a boyfriend wasn't more so like a priority, but it was more like finding someone who you could be like friends, but more than just friends with, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel lonely because of that? Or was all these people around you enough to kind of keep you from feeling that way?
0: It's an interesting feeling to say. I don't. I feel like lonely is kind of like too deep of a word, almost. I want to say like the feeling was more like conclusive and undeserving. I felt like through my tribulations of going through these different relationships with people whether or not they resolved in a boyfriend and of course they didn't but I felt like all of these experiences demonstrated this sense of like undeserving of what I would what I've seen through different like means of social media and medias of sorts
1: That's so interesting. So the fact that you did get a chance to talk to people, but they never turned into boyfriends just made you feel like you weren't good enough?
0: Yeah, in a way. And I think a big thing that I came to conclusions with was this whole other story and that kind of message behind like, intersectionality and like racial preferences which play a huge role within the community because i feel like the big standard stereotypes and when you go into beauty standards even like eurocentric ideals and characteristics are what people kind of gravitate towards and even more so like looking at like tiktok communities now like when you look at LGBT communities and what kind of thrives it's more of those like white almost like hetero gendered normatives mm-hmm. that get kind of scoped in and magnified so anyone who doesn't fit in these different standards are what often get put away or tossed aside, to and it's kind of like hard to fit into this mm-hmm. circle where you're just not meeting the standards
1: yeah i i, I totally agree with that do you think that that combined with um the fact that you have access to an app like Grinder does that you think do you think that makes the app even more dangerous since you're going in there and you're feeling very vulnerable and I guess maybe underappreciated?
0: Definitely. No, one hundred percent. I think it's taken me a while to recognize this, but like when you're on the app and there's such a variety of people who exist within the app and say there's people who kind of value what your niche is so who you are it's hard because that's instant gratification so when you get recognized for how you look and how you are for who you are it's very like in the moment and it makes you feel good about yourself so you're kind of, like, creating more of that attention, so you get into this loophole of wanting to find more of that, and I feel like, looking back now, that was, like, a very toxic trait that exists, and I think it's, it's definitely a huge struggle to, like, be in this situation, like, when you're in it, you don't really see the harmful kind of notions that these attention brings for you, but, like, Looking back, you're like, down Like, these people are definitely they know what to say because they know what they want, and often that's more that's more of an ex- exploitation tactic.
1: Right. I mean, yeah, you're coming into the app and you're vulnerable. You, you're, you're insecure even. Um. So you're in this very fragile state of mind, and suddenly you put your profile, you put your pictures, and when before you went on the app everyone was saying like no and you started to feel like you weren't good enough but you go on the app and suddenly after making your profile you know you're getting tons of taps and lots of messages and people showing interest so obviously that makes you feel really good about yourself you start to feel like you know maybe they do want me and like you said these people are saying the right things they're um they're comforting you they're validating you do you think you felt trapped into listening to that and believing it and did that ever get to a point where like you trusted someone so much and you later realized they only really wanted to use you
0: i think to a certain point yeah you start to like trust people and i know like a big term that is used within the community is like grooming so in the sense like You kind of nurture in a way to get you to trust people. But it's like, it's such an easy tactic when you're doing it on a screen. Like when you have someone to talk to and it's not like physical, you're kind of relying on like what people say. And I think young me definitely trusted people way too much. And I definitely got into like different troubles with it. But I wouldn't say there are regrets or anything because you definitely learn from the experiences and you learn, like, your hoops around Mm -hmm. it. And even if you, like, you mess up once, you're like, "Hmm, like, what can I do next to, like, avoid situations like such? But no, yeah, I feel like in and around, like, there's such a, a comfort level when you're really young and naive because you feel like you're being wanted but in reality it's like people are saying what you want to hear so they can get a gratification for themselves too
1: hmm. yeah I I agree with that and it's interesting that you say that you, you don't regret it and you actually learned a lot from it do you think that I mean, how do you feel about that when it comes to these experiences? Because you're glad that you were able to take something away from it. But I guess there's, there's also a sort of a a sad reality to that, that queer teens are forced to live through these traumatic events in order to be aware of the dangers that hide in these apps.
0: I definitely think it is a sad reality because it's something that you kind of have to like, undergo physically and emotionally to come out the other side and be be okay with that and I feel like I'm lucky enough to say that it's an okay experience because it didn't traumatize me or like it didn't affect me hard and unfortunately I know that there are other people who who've gone through more extreme situations that have been manipulated and then they do are they kind of undergo a different experience with that but i think an an even sadder reality is that like individuals and young individuals within our community don't have like a, a more safer space within like physical places like schools And different communities to have conversations about how they're feeling and where to look to. And I know it's like original intent. Like, Grindr is not like a, it's not meant for like hooking up and stuff, but that's what it's turned to. And it's, that can be said for like all the, all these other apps too that are in social media. But I think it's not so having to change the, kind of stigmas that the app is but more so changing the people and the kind of interactions people are making within their choices like i know it's like really hard to kind of change what people do but like i think it all starts with like one mentality
1: Hmm. yeah for sure and moving on from it i i want to go back to when you first downloaded grinder um when you were 16 what did you find when you came on the app
0: um there were an array of different things i know um well i got banned a bunch of times let's just say that like
1: a lot of people don't want to catch a case which good reason Uh, (laughs) but really oh really that's interesting though you got you got banned from the platform
0: yeah no so i know there's like there's like a way you can like report people and get their account removed for being underage and all these other things so being underage is definitely uh, like i think a way that grinder kind of uses its platform to kind of make sure that people don't abuse the app for like, I definitely like child molestation and whatnot, all these other things. But mm. um, my first initial kind of introduction within the app is definitely noticing how some people wanted or like were okay with age and people were not. Um, mm. So that was a huge thing. I definitely
1: And and hold on. And so going back to that banned a couple of times. So you were banned, but then you were able to make a new account pretty easily, right?
0: No, yeah. Which is interesting. I don't, I should have taken it in as a sign of like try again when you're older, but now I was very committed to the craft at the time. Um <laughs> so all I did was like make a new email and we we re-signed up so i guess besides age i found the other side of it that people were interested like i know a a, a huge tribe i guess is or like a a preference is like older men with younger guys and that's like mm-hmm. a different. it's kind of a an alarming tribe but i guess like age when you think of it, you you can think of it as like underage minors, but there's also like in your twenties, which is described as younger. Anyways, um, I guess in my pursuit of like looking for gratification, kind of like surveying the entire people within your community, I feel like looking at that. It's kind of, you kind of also pick up on who you thought or what people look like or what what people are within the LGBT community. So I guess these were my first instances of cross-dressers, which I know, I knew they, like, were a thing because I grew up watching kind of parodies of them, like, within different shows and such but like to see them in my own community and on the app was definitely a realization that I had um but also like overall a a huge a huge mixture of like what you think because when you think of gay people you definitely have like a stereotype and I definitely had a stereotype going on, but it was interesting to see all these different facets of what queer culture gay culture looks like and it's It's definitely not what you think because anybody can can be gay and like what they like, but have a whole different lifestyle, and they don't have to apply to what like social media and what media tells you they look like, so that was a huge realization I had.
1: Mm, that's interesting and did you did you ever meet up with anyone?
0: Oh, yeah, of course, definitely met up with people
1: <laughs> what was how long once you got the app did you meet up with someone?
0: I think it took me almost six months before I met with oh, anybody. Wow. Yeah. It was it was a little while.
1: Why why did it take you so long?
0: I think especially being raised in a very conservative household and kind of this reminder of like what's right and what's wrong. Like I feel like I've been in the shelter of believing like you're people in your like household are like good people but people who like are outside are bad so you never know like people's intentions but it took me a lot of like trust and courage before I was able to like meet people and not even like in a sexual way like I definitely also met people like just to have coffee and stuff and those two were different experiences that I I kind of appreciate
1: Hmm. Interesting. So, okay. I want to know all about that. So that, that first experience, um, why did you decide to meet up with them and what, what was it like?
0: So my very first experience was with this guy who's like visiting town. So he's from like Vegas, I think. And in my mind, like, I was like, this is perfect because if the experience goes bad, I'd never have to see this person again. He he doesn't even live here. Um, So that was check one. Um, Check two, he was staying at his sister's house. And his sister wasn't home. So I was like, okay, great. Nobody's home. Um, You can do your thing and you leave. So that was another great checkpoint for me. Um, And I guess third, we had been talking for a few days and he seemed like a legitimate guy like verified snapchat everything um and we met up it was like it was an okay experience my first experience um i don't know what to to say but let's just say as like as someone who wasn't experienced being with someone who's experienced it was like a very an okay feeling to be an experience, like mm-hmm. be someone who can help you lead you, and he was like an okay guy. He wasn't super judgy or anything, so that was like it was an okay experience. Needless to say, I did block him after I met up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and how how old was he?
0: Um, he was like twenty three, I think. It's it's been a while, so yeah. But he was he was like twenty in his early twenties.
1: That's interesting. And did the age bother you at all?
0: No, I, I, I think I've been around a lot of older people, like a lot of my cousins are older than I am. So like, I guess in that age gap, no matter like, how big it is, I felt like I had, I was able to connect them, connect with them in some capacities. And then even when I was like in mm-hmm. schools, I had a lot of mentors who were older than I and it was just more about intention and connection. So like just having someone you can talk to and be able to like just connect in some level, I felt was a way to bridge communities. So in that sense, age mm-hmm. didn't really bother me. And I know it is for a lot of people, but in my in my head it felt normal because it was what I was used
1: to. That's interesting. It's it's This is a really interesting point, because for a lot of these teenagers, um, age the age gap doesn't bother them at all. They don't see anything wrong with it. They're okay with being 15, 16, hooking up with someone 27, 25, 23. To them, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But usually when you ask them, if you're 23, would you be hooking up with a 16-year-old? A lot of them are like, no, I would never do that. So is that something that you personally would feel comfortable if you were to have been that 23-year-old?
0: Honestly, no. (laughs) Honestly, no. And (laughs) I think a big way I only got away with it was because I kind of lied about my age, which I felt in in retrospect, it's kind of like very bad. But I felt like it was something Um, it was something I needed to do for my own experience. Like, I, that. I, some experience that I needed to have at, eight, at 16. Um, but I think, but knowing a lot of, like, 16-year-olds and, like, age-wise, like, people in my own, like, there are definitely people who seem like their age and people who don't. So, I know... Not even with just like on Grindr, but like even within my own friend groups and friends that I have who were like in college when I was in high school, they were like, No, yeah, like you're you definitely seem old, like you seem mature. So I felt like in that sense, I was able to carry on this like secret life I was having.
1: Hmm. Interesting, and um, I think it's interesting that you felt like you, you had to do this to like you know as a 16 year old are you saying that you had to like you wanted to just have the experience of being able to hook up with someone or you wanted to be able to hook up with someone older than you specifically
0: i think the experience that i thought i needed was just sex in general but also just like meeting people who i could have a connection with because like Junior year of high school, you hear all your friends talk about their hookups with like the guy across the room and whatnot, and all these different like social experiences that I felt like I was missing out. And I wasn't like a big person who went to parties either, so I then was just isolated from all these social events and happenings that other people were having. And it definitely made me feel like I was missing out. I was like feeling a bit of FOMO, but in a more deeper sense of nuance. And mm-hmm. looking back, I felt like I could have w- waited because I, they always say, like, when you have sex with someone who you are closer with, like, it's better. And definitely can say that, agree with that statement. So, younger chocolate, uh, younger should have waited but there you go
1: hmm. so if there's a piece of advice you'd give is wait until you have someone that you could have a connection with
0: yes no yeah even just like it doesn't even have to be a super long connection just someone you like know and like trust with I feel like a good a good rule of thumb is like if you could like live with their live with them they're a good person that you can be with them
1: interesting i like that um that's good to know so coming near the end here so i just would like to know um what was what's the number one thing that you think is what was the worst thing that you experienced on the app
0: Hmm. I definitely think communication and lacking of consent. Um, I feel like when you're younger with someone who is older, or even if someone who's like the same age, I feel like if there's like a lot of dominance in over in this relationship, in that relationship, whether it be like just friends or just talking, I feel like coercion is a huge thing that occurs. And I feel like you can be roped into doing things that you wouldn't do. And like, as someone who isn't super outspoken, I felt like there have been like d- different occasions where, like, I wish I could have said something to prevent things from happening, or like, even if just like comfortability. But, like, when you're in the moment, you feel like you have to uphold someone's time because not only is, like, in my mind, it's, like, you're taking up someone's time, you're taking up their space, but I think now, like, I feel like it's your own autonomy. Like, at the end of the day, it is your body, and to have sex, like, you have to have more than one person. Like, you can't just be yourself, so I feel like you have control over what happens no matter what the other person says.
1: Mm. So there was a moment where you maybe felt regret and you didn't want to participate in whatever sexual activity you were engaging in, but you still felt obligated to simply because you were already there and you didn't want to disappoint them. Yeah. Yeah interesting um well very sorry that happened to you i think it's important to emphasize that yeah it is your body and it is your choice and after all these are people that you don't know any you don't owe anything to right yeah it was it's something that you agreed to and you can opt out of it at any time because it's not something that you owe them and they don't owe you anything so always make sure to take control of your own body And the last thing that I want to ask is what advice would you have to someone who is 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and is on the app or is thinking about getting the app? What piece of advice do you have for them?
0: I think an advice I would give to anyone of any age who is on the app, wanting to get the app, thinking about it, is kind of like asking what benefits could you get from getting the app like I think looking back at 2020 and 2021 being such rough years like I feel like social connections are definitely the way that many people have been opting to but like in what capacity do you feel like these connections will garner you like if they're positive or not like I guess like at the end of the day, like what are your intentions of being where you are, wherever you are? Like if these intentions are something that you would want to do, like if they're beneficial, I feel like that those are questions that you should be asking yourself. It's not more so like preventing because I feel like at the at the end of the day, like it's your own choice and you should be able to do what you want to do. But just really asking yourself like are the choices you're making going to be beneficial in the long run and if that answer is yes then I feel like proceed with caution and definitely be aware of the different experiences but otherwise like do what you want to do but do it in a way that makes sure that you are safe and how especially being aware with how you're feeling in the moment like if you're nervous anxious like keying into like how you're feeling in the moment is definitely gonna be a big saver in how things will interact. And I wish I took that advice because I felt like if I had listened more to what I was feeling in the moment, whether it be anxiousness or kind of like curiosity, like proceeding with caution and just knowing what you want and how you're feeling is a big advice I would give.
1: Perfect. That is really true. I agree with everything you said. That was really well said. Thank you. Thank you for joining me, Em. Uh, You reached out to us a little bit ago to tell us your story on dating apps. Uh, You said that you kind of started this when you were 14. Uh, So, Em, how old are you?
2: Right now, I just turned 18.
1: Just turned 18. And what has your experience been like? Through dating apps and hookup apps, have you used them before?
2: I have, yes.
1: What kind of apps did you use?
2: Uh, I mean, practically everything under the sun. I used Whisper, Kick, Discord, um, Tinder, Her, and a couple others, maybe like Zoe and stuff.
1: Wow. When did you begin? 13,
2: 14-ish.
1: You were 13 and 14 when you began to use them. Yeah. And why did you begin to use them in the first place?
2: Um, well, the house I come from is very conservative. Um, I grew up going to a Baptist Christian school in the middle of nowhere. Um, so being gay was considered a sin. And I just wanted to feel like I was something to someone, not just this walking, talking, sinful burden.
1: And what do you identify as?
2: I identify as pansexual.
1: Pansexual. What was your experience like when you first began to use these apps? What did you encounter when and, and and how did you even come across this?
2: Uh yeah, so I just came across it. I was looking at like a Reddit form of where like gay people meet, or LGBT members in particular, and it led me to kick. Um, and whisper. Uh, and my experiences were just horrible. It was, I'm still recovering from a lot of the things that went down from those apps.
1: What kind of things happened?
2: A lot of just very predatory behavior. Um, I would tell these people my age, I was 14, and they would be in their late 20s and say that they don't care. Um, I would get constant messages asking for nudes or asking for um, sexual text etc and one of the biggest things that took a toll on me was with all these people every person I met they had the same like you're not actually gay if you don't do this for me or if you don't say that
1: really there was a lot of people trying to get you to do stuff as a way to prove that you were part of the community yes and how do you respond to all of that?
2: I mean, I just did it because I felt, I felt alone. I felt scared. I wanted to fill this void in my life of not feeling like I was a part of anything. Um, so I would. I would send, you know, nothing on my face. I was smart enough to know that. But very sexual things, videos, pictures, etc.
1: And... These were all people that were much older than you, right? Yes. When, What was it like when you did send those things? Did they try to ask for more? Or did they try to make it lead somewhere more intense?
2: Um, they would ask for more. And it got to the point where one of the women that was doing this to me, uh, it was nonstop, every day, every minute. Like, my phone would just constantly blow up with her uh, just basically forcing me into sending nudes and just sending videos.
1: Really? So, th- there was a mix of women and men that you talked to, or was it only women?
2: It was only women.
1: And how did you respond to this woman that was constantly blowing up your phone?
2: I would just, you know, I'd just tell, I would tell her, I don't feel comfortable with that. And she was like, then you must not actually be gay. She was like, I think you're just, you know, a straight girl wanting to, ex- you know, experiment. Um, and I would just cry. I mean, I was, I was like, okay, I guess this is what I have to do to prove I'm part of the LGBT community.
1: And did you do it? Yes, I did. And how old uh, was the woman?
2: She was 19 turning 20.
1: 19 30, turning 20. And you were, what, 14, 13? Yep. I was 14. Wow. And was there, at at some point, well, what happened to all the other people you were talking to? Did you just stop talking to them?
2: Um, She actually, because we were on mostly just, like, whisper and kick, she would message them to be like, don't talk to her. Like, don't, like, that's mine and mine only. She came very, like, predatory and very protective. And those other people were like, this ain't worth it. And I'm hoping they stopped, but I don't know.
1: Did you ever talk to someone that was your own age? No. No? Why not?
2: I just felt like I didn't find anyone my own age. Um, especially, like, I found a couple of, like, gay guy friends, but never um, never any other queer women.
1: So you just weren't able to find them? Yeah. Yeah. How did you eventually realize of what was going on and that you needed to get off these apps?
2: Um, just the guilt would take a toll on me. About every time I would get a message from her, I would just have horrific panic attacks. Um, I was self-harming a lot. I hated myself, and I would just, I would just look in the mirror and cry because I felt like all I was good for was my body. And once I hit a pretty like a a point where I was like I'm done, and I attempted suicide. I went to therapy, and I was like I can't I can't take it anymore.
1: Wow! So these apps drove you to the point of attempting suicide. Yes. How were you able to cope with everything?
2: I just, you know, I think expressing to you. LGBT youth and mentoring LGBT youth has really helped me a lot um that's been a really big coping mechanism for me to letting them know and letting them avoid the situation but also when it comes to my body kind of how I think it's being just used for that um it's been a lot of a lot of work um but I think the best thing I was able to do was surround myself from with really cool um LGBT friends that I eventually found when I was older And just getting to know more about me and the things that I love.
1: Where did you find people your own age?
2: I found people my own age once I got out of my Christian school. So when I went to public school, I started finding people. But it's still not a lot. It's only a couple people.
1: Yeah. What do you wish, what kind of resources do you wish you had access to back then?
2: Oh, man. Um, I think having the internet be a little bit more regulated and letting people know the behaviors of that, but also, like, being LGBT, I wish I had more resources to know that I am normal, like, I'm not, like, maybe just people to talk to, people my age that's safe, and I know they're not, you know, grown, would have been nice, instead of just finding LGBT people on hookup apps.
1: Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Do you think there's a little bit of controversy uh, uh, with these apps, and people aren't sure whether they should ban them? For I, I guess they are banned for minors, but should you do you think dating and hookup apps it, it should be encouraged that minors stay off of them, or should it be encouraged that if they use them, they're they try to stay safe and only meet people with that that are their own age?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's hard because, I mean, I would just say to people who are wanting to use dating apps, you don't know who's behind the screen, and so make sure 100% that they are real and that they are your age, but I think that comes a little bit older in life, maybe 16, 17. I think there's certain age groups that I'm like, nah, I don't think you should be on it because you don't really know what's going on. And I mean, at 14, you know, 13, you don't really know about relationships yet. You don't really know about sexual encounters. You don't really know about consent, which is super significant. Um, so I would say it really depends on your age. And, you know, it depends. Are you willing to take that risk? And just know that my story is just one of the many consequences of if you take that risk.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Well, thank you, Emily, for sharing your story with me. I'm so sorry that happened to you. And at least I'm glad that you're doing better now and that you got the help that you needed because that's something a lot of teenagers don't get. And they get stuck in this. And it's also unfortunate that these apps and being on these apps is becoming normalized uh, for some people and they think it's like, a necessary part of being LGBTQ. So thank you for sharing your story.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure.
1: Of course. That concludes this episode. Uh had some really great conversations. You got to hear about uh the experiences of other teenagers. Let me know. What did you uh what did you get out of this episode? Did anything surprise you? Uh that you have a similar experience? If you're comfortable with sharing that please do because Uh, we want to know. We want to know what you've gone through. Um, But thank you again to those two people that joined me. It was an incredible conversation. And uh, yeah, make sure you subscribe, like, comment, do all of that. And please go to our Instagram at Teenager Therapy and reshare all the posts that we're doing this entire Pride Month. It's really important and we really would love your support. Uh, So without further ado, thank you for listening. and We'll see you next time. Bye.